to another edition of the Forkstown Podcast. Your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding the Seattle Mariners baseball team. My name is Rick Clark, and with me, as always, the guy who decided to take a week off for good intentions, Mr. Bochism. Bo, how are you doing today? Welcome back. Thank you, Mr. Clark. I'm uh, I'm uh, glad to be back. Um, feeling better, um, uh, less sick, feeling good and high on Mariner baseball. And uh, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to chatting about it all. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, God, an exciting week of baseball. That's just the best way to put it. Um, Mariners did something this week that uh, they haven't done since 2003, and that's take the lead sole possession of first place in the AL West. Um, you know, the Mariners obviously have, you know, 30-plus games to go another month, so it's going to be a tight race. But, man, it's been a fun ride. It's been a fun ride. Where are all our fire, Cervais, and, and DePoto people right now? They've got to be in hiding, right? Yeah, I'm thinking about uh, you know the the may like the major low of the year, right? I think was like after the national series, which is like literally like right before we began like this kind of hot streak that we're on, right? Yeah, yeah. and like right after that time, I mean, you can go back to our podcast. Ton of our podcast was pretty uh, solemn, pretty you know, pretty down in the dumps, right? A lot of people were feeling that way, but I don't know. There's, you don't hear a lot of them anymore, so um, yeah, I guess that's just the way it goes. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, no, I think they brought that up on the broadcast that uh, the, the, the low point was Patrick Corbin spinning a gym against us. That was kind of the low point of the season. And then, uh, I don't know, they didn't mention this on the broadcast, but I feel like the thing, I mean, we're very up and down up until probably that Angel series that we swept in Anaheim. I think that was our our turning point to kind of turn it on for the season. So um, I don't know. It's just, it's been a fun ride. I love it. I I love every second of it. Love the excitement that the broadcasters are exuding. You know, you could tell that Rick Riz and, and, you know, company are just really excited about what they're watching. The fans, I mean, you just listen to every game at T-Mobile and the fans are so loud. I mean, and fans are going out to opposing stadiums. I heard more fans cheering at the White Sox game than, you know, the White Sox fans themselves. So, um, you know, it just it's it's been a fun ride, a fun listen, fun to follow along this season, you know. And, and we still got another month of baseball, and, and hopefully, the Mariners can really uh, turn it up in the last thirty so games, and uh, you know, maybe get a buy into the divisional round. I mean, it, that's that's not out of the question anymore, Bo. Yeah, definitely not out of the question right now. And I feel like, well, there's a lot to talk about with that. A lot to talk about. Um, you know, I, I think we're we probably don't want to. I don't know how you feel, but like, should we dip our toes into like playoff scenarios and where things go and everything else? Like, I guess like being at the top of the division doesn't quite feel real yet. Like, I kind of want to kind of want to stick there at top a little bit more before I feel comfortable kind of talking about that stuff, but it's fun to, it's fun to think about that stuff anyways, but that way. I, I think a couple weeks left in the season, especially when those uh, Astros and Ranger series are coming up. I think that's when we're going to dive into it because our, uh, all three teams 
Rangers, Astros, and Mariners, their fates will be decided in that last 10 games of the season. You know, and and who knows? I, I told you weeks ago that there's no way the AOS has taken three teams to the playoffs. I still believe that. I think whoever loses the most out of that last 10 games of the season is out. I think someone like Boston will sneak in. I mean, I, I really do. You know, that's how brutal that schedule is for all three of those teams at the end of the season. So we're doing a lot of talking, Bo, and we're going to get to Mariners notes. But before we get into all that, just want to thank everyone for coming back, listening to the, you know, this edition of the Forks Down podcast. That's, of course, if you're a returning listener, you know, welcome back. If you're a first time listener, thanks for choosing us. Hopefully, you know, we're your new home for Mariners baseball talk. Kind of trying to power through this a little bit because we've got a big show, Bo. Um, was in Atlanta last week. Did you go see a Braves game last week, Bo? Did you catch uh, Braves? Game? Braves were not in town, unfortunately. Ah. Yeah. See, tells you how much I'm following the rest of the league. I should have known that the Braves weren't in town, but um, you know, trying to go a little bit quicker today because Bo was gone last week. We didn't shoot a Friday episode, even though I ended the last episode. We'll see you on Friday. So Bo's back. We've got a jam-packed episode, and we got to get to all of it. So. Um, if you haven't already, go hit up our social media pages. You can find us on Facebook, find us on Instagram, search Forks Down Podcast. You can even find us on Threads now. Um, I've been trying to do some some game tweets as we uh, go along throughout certain games. Um, it really is dependent on my work schedule. Um, but uh, you can come chat along with us in Threads if you want to and uh, you know talk about how good or bad, a lot of good recently, the Mariners are doing that day. And then if you haven't already, go hit up your podcast listening app, go hit like, and subscribe. You'll get notified when we drop new episodes. Um, you can rate us on there. If you're liking us, I'm seeing more listeners every single week. So I want to thank you guys. And if you want to help continue, grow our audience, you know, grow us into something that might be a little bit substantial, please go rate us like five stars. Um, you know, it's not for our egos, we can care less, but that'll help us get a little bit more visibility. Um, you know, so if you want other Mariners fans listening in, you think we're good, go hit that five stars on there, whatever listening app you're on, and uh, help us get a little bit more noticed from people. So with all that being said, Bo, let's hop into a quick Mariners notes. Um, not too much going on. We knew Brian Wu um, last week was coming back in the White Sox series. We just kind of didn't know how that was all going to shake out. And unfortunately, um, you know, Emerson Hancock came out against the Astros. We thought, uh, maybe a 10-day DL. He's on the 60-day DL. Um, he is out for the rest of the season. Um, you know, Brian, Brian Wu came back. You know, he went to the 60-day DL. And Luke Weaver came up on a major league deal to kind of pitch out of the bullpen. That left two spots kind of, you know, what are we doing with them? We ended up optioning Bizarro and Darren McConaughey, or uh, <clears throat> McCacken. I even, I always say McCacken or McCacken, whatever. Um, but Bo, a little bit of movement in that bullpen. And again, I always think it's probably just trying to keep people fresh. Yeah, I think that's primarily what it is, right? McCacken was <clears throat> called up for... A couple of different options for a couple, a couple of different reasons, right? With <clears throat> Hancock going on the on the IL, and 
you know, if they still wanted to stretch out the guys a little bit longer and, you know, if we needed them and some, I don't know, some blow up start by some starter, then they needed them for a long relief, right? Like that's, you know, McCacken's kind of filled that role in different parts. But Bizarro, you know, we were going to give him, I think, a couple different chances, right, with just uh, some of the stuff that he has. Uh, but it kind of, you know, I think coincide with Brian Wu also getting activated and then the Mariners also signing Luke Weaver as well. Um, you know, Luke Weaver was a guy that we knew that they were interested in the offseason of last year. So um, I think it's not surprising that the Mariners probably wanted to try to give him another shot as an American uniform anyways. So um, not surprising there. I think we're trying to fill out some of those. Um, I don't know. What is it like seven or eight, nine options in the bullpen right now? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Luke Weaver was already in the plans, I think, last year. So, um, you know trying to give him a chance now in addition to bizarro i'm sure we'll see you know bizarro at some point we'll see mccacken again at some point right i feel like there's a little bit of a swing going on at the end of that bullpen right now yep yep i'm I'm, you know with how much movement they've been doing in that bullpen i wouldn't be surprised if one if not both of those slots that we get (coughs) excuse me um that we get in that september call-up session goes to the bullpen like i wouldn't be surprised um you know you think we could bring up an infielder or something, but really with kind of how good our bullpen is, but how kind of taxed they've been, I think they've thrown the most innings in the major leagues this season. Um, you know, it just would be good to, uh, you know, get them uh, fresh armor tubes. So um, <clears throat> anyways, those are all the Mariners notes we got, Bo. Again, quick, simple. Let's hop into some series here. Um you know, when you were gone, the one that we were going to cover on Friday was the White Sox series. Um, big series. Uh, obviously, everyone, you want to come out with at least two or three, and that's what Mariners the Mariners did. Um, the, the series finale was kind of a, a bummer, which we'll come around to because uh, certainly not a way you want to lose. But um, let's start with some offense here. Um, first game of the series. Tukey Toussaint takes the mound for the White Sox. We've got Luis Castillo on the mound. And Castillo, really, he got run support early and just kind of coasted. You know, Um, Toussaint came out and I think he had four or five walks in the first couple innings and just did not look good. Got rocked, got, you know, I think five runs in the first inning off of him. And that was, you know, in route to a a 14-2 win. And, uh, you know, obviously... You know, we're going to talk about Luis Castillo, but uh, this was kind of a fun day for some offense. Fun day for some offense, bad day. And it's kind of ended up being just a bad series. I know the end of the series ended well for the White Sox, but like they also lost like their general manager and their president and all that during the series. So kind of a rough series for the White Sox. I felt, I don't want to say I felt bad for the White Sox. Like Tuki Toussaint in this game, I kind of felt bad for because like just seemed like dude just did not have anything really working whatsoever for him and the Mariners. Uh, yeah, the Mariners took advantage of it and it was, uh, yeah, that was kind of a, we've seen good offense over this last week or so. This was kind of a little bit precursor to another kind of big game that we saw later on in the, in the week by the Mariners. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was super impressed with just the way that we were able to come out in the first inning. And then, you know, as you noted, Luis Castillo, he just went out there and he didn't, I don't want to say he didn't try, but he kind of, you know, I think did, 
he was, I want to say like 80% of his hundred percent self, right? Like he did that just enough and, you know, relied on the fastball, obviously 61% of the time. And, you know, that was just good enough to, you know, go seven innings strong in this one. So like, um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, you can really say like he really, it really did look like he was coasting at certain parts of this game. It just looked like he was just locked in, knew that he had the lead. I think it was a little familiar, a little, like a little bit reminiscent of what we would get out of Logan Gilbert as well. in another start later in the week as well. It was kind of reminiscent of that. I thought, um, but, uh, yeah, I think uh, like the note that I have, right. Is Tuki to um, really struggled. Luis Castillo really rocks. Right. So like that was, that was my takeaway from the pitching side of things. Um, coupled with, um, you know, the offensive show that I think we got from most everybody. Yeah. I, I don't even know if coasted is the right word for Luis Castillo. Cause obviously if you go out with a, a five run, a five run lead, like you're going to, you know, obviously be a little bit more comfortable. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily maybe call it coasted because, he pitched a gym, seven innings, only gave up five hits, one run. Of course, it was earned. Didn't have any walks, had nine strikeouts. You pair that with a start later in the week, and now Luis Castillo's sitting first in whip, second in ERA, third in innings pitched in the AL. You know, legitimate Cy Young contender. So, I mean, I, I don't even know if we can really say that, that Luis Castillo coasted in this game because he was on point. Like, White Sox weren't going to score anything off of him. Probably could have went nine innings if he kept the pitch count down just a little bit. Yeah, no, and I think the the way I look at it is like you know relying you know through the heat when worse came to worse or like you know when he was just kind of feeling it through the fastball right that's kind of what I think about with him but the fastball is also his best pitch right so like um, uh, you know I think in in terms of this game um, it looks like it, I guess we could say it looks like coasting to us right. But I think at Luis Castillo's level, right, it's, you know, just another day at the office. So um, super impressive by, I think, him. And the way that I think he's kind of gone about his business the last couple of games is, uh, is really impressive as well. Yep, yep. Uh, <clears throat> the other pitchers in this game were um, Eduardo or Eduardo Basardo. Um, he pitched an inning, um, didn't give up any runs, had two hits, struck out two, did walk someone. And then um, uh, – Freaking! I I always blank on his name. McClanahan. Uh, McCacken. McCacken. Thank you. McCacken. See, I I I'm having trouble pronouncing it today. Don't know why. But um, you know, he came in for the ninth. Did give up a run in the uh, end. Um, wasn't an earned run. Struck out three people. Um, but I'm sure you know they could have a chance coming in September. You know, they got sent down after after this game because Brian Wu was coming up to pitch game two, if I remember correctly. Yes, it was game two. Um, let's circle back around to the offense. And, um, you know, we could talk about the offenses of a whole 15 hits. Everyone but um, every one of the starters except Mike Ford and JP got a hit. But uh, I, I really think this was uh, kind of a one-person show. Big dumper coming in. Two home runs. Um had a double as well, so so three extra base hits. Went three for five. Had six RBI. Scored three runs. Only struck out once. Um, yeah, he's still batting two twenty five, but um, I I don't think there's any doubt, um, at least for Mariners fans, that um, Cal Raleigh is probably one of the better catchers in the AL, and I, I think in my mind should at least be contending with Jonah Heim for maybe that silver slugger at the catcher position. No, I think that's fair. And um, 
I'm, I'm trying to think of Jonah Himes. I thought Jonah Himes was hurt for a little bit, so I kind of wonder what his like eligibility and all that's going to be. But um, honestly, like where where Cal Raleigh's sitting at, um, you know, you just got to go to go to their WAR page, right? He's sitting on top of the AL in terms of AL catchers, in terms of AL WAR, right? Like that's where he has it. That's where he's at right now, especially when it comes to offensive WAR. He's one of the best, right? I think right behind Adley Rutschman. So like um, Cal Raleigh is kind of being, I think before the season, right. We talked a lot about um, and hyping up Cal Raleigh as maybe like this um, guy that maybe could get even MVP votes. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think it took him a little bit to get there, but we're seeing, I think it all kind of come to fruition now. Right. Um, 25 home runs for a catcher is, is, uh, is just kind of wild to me. Right. And the fact that we're able to get that performance out of a catcher, is 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 a massive boon right for the mariners like the the level of play that you get from a catcher of that caliber right versus a player of a average catcher right in major league baseball especially the al and the fact that we're high above that right with what we have with cal raleigh is a massive massive win for the mariners so like cal raleigh right now i think you've i think you've noted it well i think he's on track to win the silver slugger i would go that as far as to say that maybe adley maybe adley's there maybe competing a little bit but um, you know, it's tough to beat that 25 home runs and it came with, you know, additional two on in this game in particular, but which were both, which were both moonshots. I think they were both, uh, they were both twi- home runs in 29 out of 30 ballparks at least. So still very, very solid hit balls. So, um, wow. yeah. Um, what did you tell me earlier this season? I don't know if we, we said it on air, but you told me bat getting like 220 out of a catcher batting average is like. 270 for any other player isn't that what you said something like that um i think that's i think that's you know that's it's probably like not exactly that right you could probably like normalize it to get to that point but like that's kind of that's kind of true if you think about it right like catchers i don't know catchers are catchers obviously have a, a different role in the game than a lot of other players right and a lot of their um you know value comes from the defensive side so like the surplus that you get out of the offensive side is is massive right and that's what we're that's where we're getting out of cal raleigh right now i don't know the top of my head of the average of the i don't know the average catcher's batting average over the last whatever 50 years but um you know even if it's 220 the 25 home runs on top of that is just massive you know yeah, like massive bonus so i'll take it any time of the week but i'll do my research i'll know next time what the what the average bat what the average batting average of the last 50 years for catchers is i don't know it yet i'm sorry so since we're on the topic of catcher's boat, do you want to bring up Martin Maldonado? <sighs> no. That's that's my new Shohei Otani to you. That's we're gonna bring Ooh, up. We could team. we could talk about Shohei at some point now if you want. I'm I'm more open to it at some point. So we'll oh, bring that man. up. Bonus episode. Bonus episode. How does that sound? Oh. <laughs> uh, one of these episodes where we're not uh, got a lot to do, we'll, we'll definitely dive into it. I like it. Maybe the same. Maybe the same episode we do uh, playoff scenarios. So, um, yeah, you know, Cal Raleigh, just my favorite player. Like, I, Bo knows it. Cal Raleigh's my my dude, and uh, I think I think he's becoming the favorite player for a lot of Mariners fans. Um, very very endearing nickname, the Big Dumper. So, started by Jared Kelnick, but uh, other places in this lineup. Before moving on to the other game, Teo went two for five, had a home run. Um, Canzone checked in with a home run. He went uh, one for five. Josh Rojas, I, you know, 
if we're going to talk about players that are doing well right now, um, I think we need to mention Josh Rojas because um, since he's come over in the trade, at least as of Sunday before Sunday's game, um, Josh Rojas was hitting 300, hit his first couple home runs of the season with the Mariners finally. Um, just just kind of getting on base and, and keeping that line moving. I think that this whole, well, it's a week for you, but this whole week or so, um, you know, the, the bottom of the lineup, and especially Josh Rojas, has been just keeping the line moving. Get JP back up there. Get JP in those big moments. Get Julio into those big moments. Get Gino into those big moments. And I, you know, Right now, that Paul Seawald for Rojas Canzone and Ryan Bliss, that was a win. That was a win to me. Even with the bullpen issues that we've been having, I think we're getting enough production and we're seeing guys Canzone later in the week has one of the best catches of the season. You know, Josh Rojas, he's getting it done with the bat. There's a, a win in my book for that trade. And I would I would argue that he's also doing it with the glove. Too right. I feel like he's. I feel like he's playing a, a pretty good second base as well. So, um, you know, you look at, and I think he attributed a little bit of working with Jared DeHart and some of the offensive um, guys that the Mariners have as well that have kind of helped him simplify his swing a little bit. And whatever it is, seems to be working right. Um, and you look at some of his. You go to his baseball savant page. That expected weighted on base percentage is starting to trend up a little bit. Like he's hitting the ball a little harder, and it's just. Uh, yeah, it's just becoming a, a solid nine hitter at this point, right? And um, you know, I would almost go say as far as like he's kind of being what we want, what we, what we wanted Colton Wong to be in some places, right? So um, it's just uh, yeah, right now it's looking like a like a big win for the Mariners. So um, I'm hopeful that that continues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like I said, JP and Mike Ford were the only two not get hits, but JP had a pretty good week going forward. So um, we don't, we don't hang this game one on him moving on to game two. Um, Brian Wu comes back uh, first start coming off the IL. He's facing Mike Clevenger and uh, you know, you mentioned it a little bit in the last podcast episode that you thought Brian Wu was going to kind of have a rough go of it. And I would say his first inning was kind of a rough go. He did settle in. And I, I think service and, and the pitching staff knew that they weren't going to get a lot of innings out of Wu with it being his first um, start back. But, you know, he went four innings, only gave up three hits, gave up the one run. I think the one run was in the first. Um, struck out three, only walked one. I, I have no issues with uh, Brian Wu's start. You know, he was going to have a little rust coming off that IL, but um, you know, after a, a rough first inning, he, he looked pretty well in those last three. Agreed. No. And I, um, I thought that, um, yeah, for a guy that's been, um, you know, on the shelf for a week, a couple weeks or like that, I thought he looked pretty well. I thought he looked really well. And I thought that this was a good landing spot for him as well in the, uh, in the white Sox, but, um, I think he did start off the game, I think with a walk, but was able to, and then I think that, yeah, like you said, I think the white Sox kind of kept it moving. There were a couple balls that I think he left over the plate for some easy singles by, um, Eloy and, uh, Andrew Vaughn. But, um, you know, after that, um, 
settled in, just kind of was able to generate some soft contact. I think he was even able to get, I think it was, I think it was like eight swing and misses in this game, which for four innings of work is still pretty solid. So um, yeah, yeah. For him, the fastball, the sinker, the two seamer seems to be working well, always has been this season. So it continued to work relatively well for him in this game. And um, yeah, I think, you know, with the bullpen that the Mariners have, right. If you, if you can go, four innings like blue did in this one um you can hand it over to them you should feel confident that they're not gonna at least blow up the game right and that's what happened in this one but where do you think i don't i, don't, I haven't quite heard of what the other talks they might be in with woo but do you think they kind of stretch them out in this next start do you think like this four innings might be kind of usual right or do you think his five innings might be a cap that he might have i think going forward i could see four or five innings um being kind of the cap as we go forward um, I think it's going to be really dependent going forward on what the bullpen does the day or two before, um, you know, the, like this game, he only went four, and so the Mariners ended up using three, four, five, six pitchers after him, seven pitchers on the day. You know, if, if that happens the start before him, you know, they might try to stretch him out a little bit, but uh, four or five innings, um, you know, if he can come in, give us four and five, four or five solid innings, um, I wouldn't be opposed to that. And especially as we get into the playoffs, you know, he's, he's, um, you know, you are going to see his inning count go down. And on, honestly, I could kind of see the Mariners, you know, with, with how many days off they kind of get in between games, you know, if it's a big series, divisional series, and we're going, you know, game four, game five, I could see our game one and game two starters pitching. So, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility that Wu gets put in the bullpen for that, you know, and I, I think that just makes the bullpen a little bit stronger. Um, so yeah, I mean, um, I'm, I'm cool with only four or five innings going down the stretch. Um, but obviously, like I said, it's going to be very dependent on what the bullpen does, you know, the day prior, the two days prior, because we've seen a couple days prior, seven innings or seven pitchers go. And then, you know, we're needing, uh, uh, you know, a seven inning start from Luis Castillo, you know, which isn't fun sometimes. And Luis Castillo you know, does his, his part when that's needed, but um, yeah, just, just very dependent on it. Yep. No, I agree with you there. Yep. Um, other pitchers, you know, we said seven went in the start um, for Wu, um, including Wu, obviously. Saucedo went two thirds of an inning. Um, Thornton got a hold, came in for a third of an inning. Campbell came in, gave up four hits, one run. Um, didn't look the greatest, but his ERA is still sitting below three, which is kind of surprising because I feel like Isaiah Campbell's kind of been in some problems. Um, but uh, not bad for him, you know, getting out of there. Uh, Topa ended up picking up the win. Um, he's bringing his ERA down even more. Um, only had one strikeout in one of the third innings, but his ERA, ERA is sitting about 2.10. That's great for a reliever, you know. He's, our, he's one of our go-to uh, fire relievers with, with Munoz closing games. Um, Gabe Spire came in, uh, did give up a home, a home run. I'm pretty sure. Yep. A home run to Benintendi in the ninth. Um, you know, we weren't going to see Munoz, but, um, you know, with, with kind of how close the game was, it was only a six to three victory. Uh, Munoz ended up coming in, coming in for the last out, picked up the last out, got his eighth save of the season. So pitching wise, what else, you know, this is something we've come to expect from the Mariners, you know, um, offensively, 
Uh, Mariners got out hit. They only had nine hits. White Sox had ten. Uh, but outside, outside of basically everyone but Rojas. Um, no, it wasn't even Rojas. It was Mike Ford and Tail. I was looking at RBIs, not hits. Um, Tail and Mike Ford were the only ones to have a, a multi-hit game. Um, Crawford, Gino, Ty France, and Canzone and Rojas all had a hit. Other than that, came off the bat of Gino and uh, Mike Ford. Rojas did have his second home run of the season, fourth inning off of Mike Clevenger. Um, Crawford, Mike Ford, Ty France, Cal Raleigh, and Josh Rojas all picked up RBIs. Uh, Teo did ground into a uh, double play. Team runners in scoring position, three for 10. Team left on base, nine. And um, this is something I noticed, Bill, and I, I kind of brought it up to you before we started the podcast. Do you feel like the Mariners got hit by pitches a lot? Um, not just in this series, but kind of the last week in general. Um, they were hit twice in Monday's game and then come around to Tuesday's game and they got hit twice again. Um, it just it just seems like we're getting hit by a pitch a lot. Yeah, no, and that's it's been I think it's been noted by a number of people, I think, that if you're watching the broadcast and yourself and me, like it seems like Mariners just getting hitting a lot, like a lot, a lot. Like, I don't know. Uh, we I think we joke every single time. It seems like Ty France gets hit, right? Because it just seems like it happens almost every other game. But um, yeah, Mariners are getting hit quite a bit, right? Like um, you and I just pulled it, right? It was I think we're at I think we're sitting right around 92 hit by pitches um, this season. I think the next closest one is the Mets that uh, have 85. And I think they also have like the most like modern record that happened, I think in 2022. Um, so we'll see what the Mariners going to end up if breaking that record. But um, yeah, we're getting hit. We're getting hit quite a bit. And I don't know. I don't, I don't know what my theory is for that yet. Right. I don't know if I have a theory on that, but like, I also think of it like, um, you know, it's 92 free base runners, right? It's almost a base runner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we played 130 games. It's, you know, a free base runner, certainly not every game, but what is that? You know, somewhere in there, like 0.8 of a game, right? Somewhere in there, like we get a hit, we get a free batter. So that's nice. But um, yeah, it does make me, it does make me worry a little bit sometimes when, you know, some of the guys take those inside pitches that um, seems like we're getting, but I don't know if I have a theory on why it's happening so much. Do you have a, do you have a thought on any of that? Well, for Ty Fance in particular, I'm pretty sure it's just because he likes to crowd the plate. I mean, it seems like he gets hit a metric ton in his elbow guard. I think that's just because of how how close he sits to the plate. Um, I, I think it's just the mentality of, you know, keeping the line moving. You know, that like we said earlier, the, the bottom of the lineup has done a really good job just getting our, our you know, top three, four hitters back up. And so I think a lot of them view a a hit by pitch as a win, which you should. I mean, I would count a walk as a win. I would count getting hit by a pitch, just getting on base in general. You know, you're putting that much more pressure on the pitcher. So, I mean, um, maybe it's just their hitting mentality. Um, Ty France, it's (laughs) kind of his mentality going forward. I, I feel like he was hit like six times this last week. I mean, he's now the Mariners single season record holder. Um, he got hit, I think his 26th time in Saturday's game or something. I can't remember. We'll get to it. But, um, you know, he's just set the, 
the Mariners' single season records. So, I mean, as long as they're just keeping the line moving and, and getting more pressure on the pitcher, getting more guys up, I mean, they're going to continue to be successful. Yeah, and I don't, I mean, I don't really, I, I don't mind it, right? Especially because we're getting those free base runners, we're keeping guys on base, like, that's good. I think it's just kind of uh, kind of interesting why it might be happening to us. But uh, there you go. I'm, I'm cool with it until pitchers start throwing at players' heads, play, throwing at things that are going to hurt a lot more than just taking it on the elbow or, you know, off the side. But uh, well, you know, I know that, we're not I know we're not on the, the the Wednesday game yet, but it's like, is it throwing at guys' heads where they just have no control whatsoever? And Michael Kopech, does that count? Does that include that or is that like? Yeah. What you you brought it up? Let, let's just move on to Wednesday's game because it was a it was a four five loss. But man, Michael Kopech. We don't usually talk about opposing players. You know, obviously last couple weeks we talked about Bobby Witt because Bobby Witt was so dangerous. We've talked about numerous pitchers: Patrick Corbin, Brian Bayo, like doing well against the Mariners. But uh, we're, we're kind of talking about Kopech here is in kind of the, the bad light here. <laughs> Kopech only went four innings, and uh, he only gave up one hit, but uh, four walks, and was just all over the place. Four walks and then gets pulled out of the game because uh, he, he, he threw a practice pitch or a warm-up pitch to the, to the catcher that was, like, way inside, and the coach came out and said, all right. See ya. See ya. Adios. Adios, Michael. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, it's, um, interesting how some of that stuff works, but, uh, yeah, I, I was worried for Tay Oscar Hernandez. I guess that's what I'll, I guess that's what I'll say during this, during this, uh, especially that one at bat that he had against Kopech. Yeah. 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 Um, offensively the Mariners were able to get eight hits, but again, we're out hit by the white Sox. Um, Julio, had a hit. Um, <laughs> there really wasn't any extra base. It was all singles. Um, you know, Julio had a hit. Teo had two. Gino had one. Uh, Josh Rojas, again, checking in with his third multi-hit game of this series. Went three for four. Raised his batting average to 242 in this game. So, um, you know, looking, looking pretty good there. But uh, Mariners left 14 on. We're only able to go four for 18 with runners in scoring position. So not a great game offensively. Julio um, did pick us up his 80th RBI of the season, um, as well as Gino. He picked his 79th and 80th RBIs of the season in this game. Um, and then Josh Rojas picked up an RBI as well. Ty France grounded into a double play. As much as Ty France gets hit by baseballs, he also grounds into a double play just as much. So, um, and then, uh, you know, the last notes I have here offensively, Julio picked up his 35th stolen or 34th stolen base. Jose Caballero had two stolen bases, 24 and 25. Josh Rojas picked up his ninth stolen base and Teo picked up his sixth. So, um, you know, a lot, you know, they were only getting singles, but the Mariners were very aggressive on base and uh, just couldn't translate to, to more runs this day. Yeah, and um you know, I think they um they had some pretty good chances in the sixth and they took advantage of a couple of those, right? Um <clears throat> after the 
after the oh wait sorry i think i am on the i think i am the wrong game here i think i am reading the wrong game notes so i mean had, a, had some good opportunities i think in the ninth right um yeah and um <clears throat> i think uh you know the the hit by pitch julio to score run right um uh you know nice little puncture note there on what we were just talking about but um yeah i think the i think that the main thing for me right is like this kind of seems like a comeback win in a way right like this game this game to me felt very like if this was april or may seattle mariners i feel like we would have just i don't know give it up right i feel like we would just would have almost punted in this game right like um but the fact that they were you know battled back like they did in the ninth and they've been doing that the last couple weeks is obviously super encouraging and the fact that they were able to kind of keep this game you know close and thought they were going to be able to win it right i think still speaks of volumes about the team i think it's just that when you do that you really hope you're able to come away with a win um and that ultimately ended up you know not being the case in this one yeah yep um bring up the hit by pitches again gino julio and ty france all got hit by pitches so um, again, it was not for lack of base runners. It was just lack of getting extra base hits, I feel. Um, Pitching-wise, George Kirby didn't have the greatest outing, did give up eight hits, um, three runs, all three of them earned. Didn't walk anyone, though, nine strikeouts. Um, did give up one home run to Trace Thompson. God, Trace Thompson is just – it's weird seeing him on the White Sox, but I think he's been there before. I think he's bounced between the Dodgers and the White Sox like four different times. Um, Trent Thornton came in after Kirby to pick up a third of an inning in the, the sixth. Um, Luke Weaver, his uh, first outing with the Mariners came in this loss. Um, he went two innings. He pitched the seventh and eighth. Um, struck out five of, I think, the six. I think it was five of the six batters he faced. Um, didn't allow any hits, no walks. Um so he looked pretty well in his Mariners debut. Um, Andres Munoz came in in the ninth, had a chance to, to get a save and blew it. Got his third blown save this season. Um, struck out three batters, but gave up a run that ended up tying the game up. And then Topa took the loss and I'm just, I'm tired. I know someone has to pick up the loss, but it wasn't Topa's fault. Had nothing to do man, with Topa. It's, it's why wins and losses, man. It's like, especially the extra inning ones, you're kind of like, can you really, can that really be what that is? Can that really, really be what that is? But at least it's not an earned run, right? So yeah, we'll, we'll give yeah. that. There you go. It, it's weird on MLB.com. I'm pretty sure it is an earned run as it happens. And then they go back and change it. Uh, I know Mariners fans are more mad. And the Mariners' last extra inning loss because um, I think it was Topa again got attributed with one run that was not his. And I think they go back and, and change it. It's not an earned run. But the Manfred runner is not an earned run. Just remember that, folks. <laughs> um, not much else to talk about in this game. Um, just just a rough way to lose it on a on an error. Um, if I, I wasn't watching the game too close. I know I was tweet or whatever threading at this point, but it, it came off a JP Crawford throw. It hit Anderson in the back of the head, right? And then he took off home. That's what happened, right? Uh yeah, I think so. It was just uh yeah, just weird, just odd, just uh unfortunate way to end the game. Uh, especially when you yeah. kind of came back like the managers did. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Mariners got a day off on Thursday. They traveled back home. Uh, Wednesday's game was a was a day game. So Thursday they traveled. Friday they came back, faced Kansas City in a three-game series. And Kansas City, if you weren't looking at records, if you hid the records to a normal person and showed them the scores to the Mariners-Royals game, you would think the Royals are a lot better than they actually are. You know, we said this last time. It was like a heavyweight boxing match, just full of offense, them coming out swinging, Mariners having to bounce back, the Mariners get up, the Royals have to bounce back. And, um, you know, I would say outside of the Saturday game, it was kind of that way again in this series. Very, very, you know, oh, Mariners are up, Royals are coming back. Oh, the Royals are up, Mariners are coming back, you know. And it just, uh, I don't know. It makes it's it's a stressful game to watch, but it's a very fun game to watch too. Yeah, well, it's yeah, fun. How would yeah, fun? I guess you could describe it as fun. Fun to like, especially with especially with the the way that the Mariners are playing right now, and you're like, oh, I I think the Mariners are gonna, you know, I think we've got a very good chance to win this game, regardless, right? Like if this was, I don't know last this time last year or the time before would be painful to watch through but uh yeah it's fun because i think that the mariners are going to end up winning so let's put it that way so um <clears throat> very fun uh the royals are just a fun team just to watch i feel like in general right like they're they seem to be pretty young and up- upcoming so like that's fun to watch and bobby witt jr is obviously um you know a future star in the game so that's good, but uh, can we just can we just ease off the gas a little bit so I can we can just all take a big big deep breather? Like that's really what I'm asking for. Maybe we got that on Saturday, but like um, <clears throat> you know, regardless, still a, still a fun game to watch, and uh, you know, I'm glad the Mariners are kind of coming out with these slugfests. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Mariners ended up getting the sweep, and I know um, I was listening to the radio broadcast and. Uh, and Aaron Goldschmidt and Gary Hill, they always have a segment on the radio broadcast before the game where they kind of talk about upcoming series and, and just preview some stuff. And uh, Aaron, Aaron was like, these are all games you should win. So can we please at least sweep one of these teams? Referring to, obviously, the Royals and, and the A's um, um, that is upcoming. But the Mariners were to complete the first part of that. They did. And... Um, ended up sweeping the, the Royals this weekend. Um, game one was a 7-5 to five victory. Um, started by Bryce Miller and <clears throat> wasn't the greatest Bryce Miller start. Um, he went four innings, you know, six hits, three runs, all of them earned. Only had one walk. You know, we're not seeing a lot of walks from Mariners um, starters right now, which is kind of good to see. Um, had six Ks, didn't give up a home run. Um, but the, Mar- the, the, the big thing with him was, in this game that I noticed just listening on the radio is um, the Royals. If I take away one thing from the Royals is they will run your pitch count up. Like they will, they will get their seven, eight, nine, ten 10 um, pitch at bats in and it'll chase the starter. Um, obviously that didn't happen in Sunday's game. You know, our starter went, I think, seven innings, which we'll come around to. Um, but, uh, you know, it just this game, Bryce Miller just couldn't seem like he could get off the mound, get people out. You know, he was just throwing a lot of pitches. Um, <laughs> and the top four hitters for the Royals, they're one through four, did a really good job, I think, of just 
you know, taking advantage of that. Fallon pitches off waiting for the pitch you're going to get. Yeah. I mean, they're a pretty, uh, pretty good disciplined team, I would say. And, um, I think in this game, when you especially talk about that second inning, right, they were, they were very patient with some of the baseballs that Bryce Miller was throwing them in terms of just waiting on the fastball, getting the fastball at the right time, fouling it off when they needed to. And they were able to take advantage of that. Right. So they are, I would say they're definitely a disciplined team when it comes to the plate side of things and making sure they get the right pitches and following off the ones they need to. And, you know, that was evident in this game, right. Just kind of waiting on that Bryce Miller fastball to kind of come to the plate to them. And they were able to take a lot of advantages of that. Yeah. And I don't think it was just Bryce Miller that kind of had that trouble. Um, I feel like all the pitchers kind of threw a lot of pitches on this day just because they were so aggressive. Um, you know, Bra- Matt Brash was the uh, only reliever to kind of have trouble. You know, we always have that one reliever that has a little bit of trouble. Matt Brash was that um, one t- on this day, um, but we'll come back around to him. Isaiah Campbell picked up the win, pitched the fifth inning, um, didn't give up any runs, hits, um, walks, struck out one. And then Gabe Spire, Matt Brash, you know, although Brash had not a, the greatest outing, Saucedo and Topa all picked up a hold. Uh, Matt Brash did only pitch two-thirds of an inning, gave up three hits, two runs, all of them earned. Didn't strike anyone out, gave up a home run to Kyle Isbell, which is something you shouldn't do. Um, but, uh, you know, everyone else kind of picked him up, and then Munoz came in um, in the ninth inning. <laughs> Again, kind of the cardiac kid, uh, a hit, a couple walks, um, bases were loaded, I think, at one point. But he got out of it, picked up his ninth save of the season. So overall, not a lot of good on the pitching staff, but kind of the Mariners' mantra, pitch well enough for the offense to pick us up, and, and that's what they did. The offense picked him up, um, you know, in this game. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think that Matt Brash still didn't walk anybody. Like you said, the Mariners have been seemingly have done relatively well on that, save for uh, save for I think one, I think an intentional one by Munoz in the ninth. Um, and uh, who was it? It was Miller had one, and there was one more. Um, yeah, Munoz had two. So yeah. those are the only walks of the game for the Mariners. Right. And when that one was intentional to, uh, to, to Bobby Witt. Right. So, yeah, um, yeah. so like doing a pretty good job at that, but, uh, yeah, Munoz is, uh, he's having some, he's having some, I feel like he's kind of one where it's kind of good one night and then it's, you know, he comes in looks really solid and then kind of has, you know, um, some rougher ones, maybe another night. So, um, I would like to probably see more, I guess, consistency like that, right? We've been spoiled with maybe Paul Seawald a lot. And I know even Paul Seawald had outings, right, where he would give up a home run here or there in a couple of leads and, you know, still put us on the edge of our seat. So maybe we should just get a little too used to that. But um, regardless, still able to end up the game, still able to win it. I think that's the that's the, that's the crux of it all. So, um, yeah, and um, a good start to, uh, to a good series. Yep. Offensively, the Mariners had five batters that had multi-hit games. J.P. Crawford went three for four, let off the game. First pitch, home run into the right field stands. As Bo so eloquently put it in the notes here, that's my shortstop. He sounds like Terrell Owens right now. 
He's my quarterback. He's my shortstop. <laughs> um, JP did well. Julio went two for four, multi-hit game for him. Um, Gino went three for five. Cal Raleigh went three for five. So if you keep in track here, our top four hitters had multi-hit games. Great outing offensively from our top four hitters. Tail went one for five. France went one for four. Canzone. Um, God, I, I'm going to come around to this in Sunday's game because Abby and I were talking about some of our new players. But Canzone's um, Italian, uh, you know, pressing the fingers together. You guys can't see what I'm doing right now. Both sees it. But his his new um, Italian sign to the crowd is, is phenomenal. I love it. Um, or as, as I called her, called him once while describing to Abby, Dominic Calzone, that's his nickname to me. So, um, yeah. And then Josh Rojas, fortunately didn't have a, a multi-hit game in this one, but one, one for four, um, did, did continue his hitting streak there. Um, Crawford had the only home run one, two, three, four different Mariners had RBIs, uh, Ty France, no shock here, grounded into a double play. <laughs> I think we're guaranteed a, a ground into double play or hit by pitch in every one of the games Ty France plays in. Um, <clears throat> five for 15 with runners in scoring position, 10 left on base. Julio had his 35th stolen base of the season. Offense picked it up. Top four hitters picked it up. And, uh, you know, what do you say? That's kind of the, the Mariners MO this uh, last few weeks. You know, just keep the line moving. Um, they're, they're getting it done with the long ball some days. They're getting it done with singles, doubles, and triples the other days. So, I mean, just just fun to watch. Just fun baseball overall to watch. Yeah, and I, I the guy that I keep, um, I feel like just kind of keeps coming through to me. Like, there's a number of guys, obviously, but, like, Eugenio is the guy that I just, like, um, you know, if I can't catch the whole part of a game or if I need to go back this weekend and watch like I did, right? Like it's just Eugenio, right? Like I look up a lot, I look up at a line item and Eugenio single to left field, right? Scores a run. Um, Eugenio Suarez double to center field scores a couple of runs. Like, it just seems like he's the guy that I keep, I guess my eyes keep going to right. in some of these box scores, he just seems like the guy that just, to your point, just, has just kind of kept it, kept it moving. Gets comes up with a big home run when it needs to. Comes up with a small single, right? There's a number of guys that's happening too, obviously. But Eugenio is the guy that I feel like is not going under the radar, but it's just kind of been that, um, you know, steady Eddie, consistently good guy for us. I think since the beginning of July, and um, yeah, I'm just happy to see him continue that stretch as a Mariner. So um, yeah, I love loving you, loving what Eugenio is doing. He he's done that for like two seasons now. It's just this season we're getting the defense, too, that legitimately should be a gold glove. Like, with Matt Chapman going down, I, I think, you know, Suarez could have a good shot at winning it, mm-hmm. especially if Chapman's out a little longer than, you know, he's projected to. But, uh, I don't know, two seasons now, Gino. I, again, I, I can't I can't get this out of my mind with Gino. He was the afterthought in the trade for Jesse Winker. We were like, oh, we're getting G- Gino. Okay, cool. You're like, he could give you 50 home runs and bat 180. And no, he's been like the Mariners' unsung MVP. He really has. Yep. He really has. And he was, he, Gino, you know, for all of our fans that have been listening for 64 episodes now, Gino was kind of the guy that Bo 
pulled out last season is is coming up with the biggest hits. Um, always, always in the middle of all the action, you know, especially at the end of that stretch of getting to the playoffs. So I, I, I think he's going to pick it up in the next 30 or so games again and, and be in the middle of all that action. Agreed. No, and he's, yeah, he's like one guy on top of everybody else too. Right. But, um, I just hope it, I just hope it continues. Right. And I think it bodes well that maybe we'll see, you know, we'll get the rest of this year well into the playoffs and then, you know, well into next year as well. So that's my help with him. Yep. 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 Moving on to Saturday's game. Um, you know, both said you wanted the, the foot kind of taken off the gas and this is the game, at least, you know, pitching wise that it happened in 15 to two Mariners win. Um, you know, Gilbert, we said Luis Castillo coasted in his last start um, and probably wasn't the right word, but Gilbert got the run support early um, seven runs in the third and kind of didn't have to do much. Although he went seven innings, only gave up two hits, um, did give up a home run to, to Drew Waters in the fifth, but um, that was the only run he gave up, struck out seven, only walked one. I mean, when uh, I, I think I saw this mentioned in a group or Mariners group I'm a part of, but someone brought up, I think it was Tommy Lasorda when he was asked what, what do you have to do to have a dynasty? You know, his, his first thing was pitching, pitching, pitching. And I, I feel like we just have that in spades. You know, we've got, you know, we've got starts here where Bryce Miller goes four, Brian Wu goes four, but then Gilbert goes seven, you know, we're, we're almost getting six every time out of Kirby Castillo, you know, is going seven plus every game. Like, it's just so good to see, and it's just so relieving to see sometimes. You know, we, Bo and I spent a lot of time watching bad Mariners pitching. You know, we get Felix, we get Ashashi Akuma, and then three pitchers that weren't great. Well, I mean, uh, and I was listening to, I think Smoltz was on Seattle Sports or somewhere like that pretty recently, and he was talking about, you know, the starting pitching that the Mariners have right now. Um, and he went as far to say that um, he would. He, I think he went as far to say the Seattle Mariners pitching is almost better, right? In terms of in terms of guys that like they they like the Mariners are, are putting it all together in like one season, right? I think Smoltzy was talking and talking about like you know one season Glavin would be really good, one season Maddox would be really good. They never really put it together in a combined fashion, right? But like the Mariners, you know those big three guys, right? Luis Castillo, George Kirby, and um, Logan Gilbert are kind of putting it all together, you know, having some of the best career years of their, of their careers. Right. And um, we're kind of seeing that kind of in front of our eyes, you know, couple that with Miller and Wu and it's just all kind of coming together right now. So, um, you know, in this game in particular, Logan Gilbert settled in and then just threw fastballs and sliders the rest of the game. Right. I think 86% of the time he threw a fastball or a slider. And um, yeah, I think when you're up that big and you have a good stuff that Logan does, you can do that. And, um, you know, was able to go seven strong and strike out seven. So I'm um, good on him. Yeah. And it, it's funny. You brought up the fastball here and it's something that I just remembered from the White Sox game that Luis Castillo started. Did you know, Bo, that he threw, according, I think, to StatCast, the last 46 pitches that Luis Castillo threw in that White Sox start were all fastballs? I, I believe that was correct. Yes. Yes, yes I, I totally just remembered that. So we're seeing Mariners pitchers go out and just go, all right, I'm up a, a, a ton. Let's uh, let's see if you can hit my fastball, you know. Um, 
But uh, Gilbert pitched well, picked up his 12th win of the season, um, which I think leads the team. He's 12-5 and five now. Really good record. Um, you know, his ERA is a little bit up, but that's because he's had a couple bad starts here and there, especially towards the start of the season. Um, Luke Weaver came in in the eighth inning, did give up a run on two hits, and then Thornton came in, um, did have a walk and a hit given up in the ninth inning, but struck out three. And uh, that's your ball game from the pitching staff. You know, two runs, uh, only five hits given up. Very, very, um, very good pitching performance by, um, you know, at least two-thirds of the uh, pitchers that we put out there. And then uh, kind of moving on offensively here. <laughs> um, Mariners, uh, you know, we talked about Ty France in Sunday's ball game, which he ended up getting hit by a pitch here in Saturday's game too. Uh, we, we talked about him in Sunday's ball game getting hit by a pitch that in the Mariners, Mariners single season record for hit by pitches. That's not the only record they broke this season or this series. Um, offensively, the Mariners hit two, three, four, five, six, seven home runs. Am I, am I right there? I just want to make sure I'm counting right. Is it seven home runs? Which uh, ties of breaks. No, it was eight. One. Two, are you talking three, about in this game? Four. Yep. Five, six, seven. I count seven. seven. Home runs. I count seven. Yep. yep. Seven yep. home runs, which um, <laughs> uh, you could tell the announcers were, were having fun with it after number six was hit. And then tail comes up and hits number seven because they were talking about the last time the Mariners had hit six plus home runs in a game. And I think it came in Cleveland if I remember correctly. Um, but, um, you know, maybe not so much a trivia question because I don't remember the other players, but out of those six home runs from the last game that the Mariners hit that many home runs, you know, Justin Ruggiano was on the team. Do you know, he hit one of his two home runs in that game with the Mariners in a game that they hit six home runs. I, I did not know that. No. No, yes, time yes. to go to time to go to baseball reference. Yeah, it, that was awesome. You 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 popped that up. I know um Mike Zanino was on the team. He hit two home runs that day. You looked that up, but um I'll kind of go over some stats here. Josh Rojas hit a home run in the third, Tail hit one in the third and in the eighth. Mike Ford hit one in the third, Julio hit one in the fifth, Cal hit one in the sixth, Narlo hit one in the seventh. So bunch of home runs. That was kind of the source of the offense. Um JP did have a double. Um, as well. So that was all our extra base hits. Um, JP went two for three at the top of the lineup, scored three runs. That's my, that's my shortstop. <laughs> Looking well, almost hitting 270 on the season. Um, Julio went one for three, had two RBIs. Cade Marlowe ended up coming in and hitting a two run shot because Julio, they decided needed to have a little bit of a rest. So Marlowe came in, hit a two run home run. Um, uh, Cal Raleigh went two for three. Tao went two for five. Canzone one for five. Mike Ford two for four. Josh Rojas, another multi hit game, two for five. Just this is what we want from the offense <laughs> take the foot off the gas for the pitching and just score a bunch of runs so we don't have to have some heart attack games. <laughs> yeah, I guys are. And uh, you, it's beyond locked in at this point, like in this game. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. Guys are the exit velocities are are majorly up in this game. Um, you know, you can see a number of guys hit the ball over 100 miles per hour in this one. Um, no doubt are home runs by a couple guys. Um, yeah, I don't know what you want to say, right? I feel like it's the the Mariners at the early part of the season, right? We talked about their expected statistics and how hard they were hitting the ball, right? And we and we said that oh maybe they should catch up to where they should eventually be, right? And maybe they'll eventually get there. Uh, well, they're there. They're there, right? Like where they're where the what their expected profiles were getting them to is like now where we are at, and it's just so good to see like the Mariners closing that gap. And, and I guess hitting the ball like they are, and this game was no different. And uh, yeah, little home run derby. Yep. And the, the Mariners scored 15 runs on 13 hits. You don't see that often, scoring more runs than hits that you get. But it's uh, what happens when it turns into a home run derby at T-Mobile Park. Um, the important stats here, three for nine with runners in scoring position, six left on base, and... Uh, no grounded into double plays on this game. Like I said, though, Ty France did get hit by a ball. So moving on to the series finale, Sunday's game, three to two victory for the Mariners. Luis Castillo getting a second start of the week and uh, spinning another gym, uh, picking up his 11th win of the season because he went seven innings, only gave up one hit, one base on balls, six Ks. Like I said, after Sunday's start, um, he's now top three in the AL in ERA whip whip, which he's first in innings pitched. So, um, you know, Castillo again, it, you could, you could throw darts at a wall on who should be the, the Cy Young candidate. And I, I feel like we switch it every week because, you know, Castillo may not has the best start, but then Kirby comes in and goes eight. <laughs> Kirby doesn't have the best start, but then Gilbert comes in like legitimately, the Mariners are going to have three players getting Cy Young votes. They might not win the Cy Young, but there's no other team in the AL that is doing that right now. Like, no one's even getting two starters to get AL Cy Young votes. The Mariners currently have three. So, um, you know, Castillo had a great game. Seven innings, like I said, only one hit. Um, the source of the uh, Royals' offense came on a home run off of Gabe Spire. In the seventh inning, um, you know, Spire kind of got rocked, gave up those two hits, uh, or three hits, gave up a home run for two earned runs. But then Topa came in for the last, uh, oh, excuse me, that came in the eighth. Um, and then Topa came in to relieve him in the eighth, um, pitched two-thirds of an inning to get us to the ninth. And then, um, <laughs> like I said, Abby and I were watching the, the ninth inning in Sunday's game, and Munoz is on the mound, and I'm kind of, kind of cheering a little bit loud because I know that the Rangers have just lost and if the Mariners win they take sole possession of first place in the AL so I'm getting a little loud and I'm kind of on the edge of my seat because Munoz is pitching and he didn't even have that bad of a outing he came in got three strikeouts struck out the side sole possession of the of the AL West went to the Mariners in this game I just I was so happy after after Sunday's game even though it was close at the end I was so happy. It was it was not a great game offensively, but a well pitched ball game from three fourths of the pitchers that that pitched in this game. Yeah, the uh, the good vibes are uh, are rolling, and um, yeah, at the end of this game, you know, knowing what we knew about 
the Rangers and the Astros and what have you there. And the way the Munoz was ending it, um, <clears throat> you know, for the seventh sweep of the year for being the sole owners in the AL West, right. It's, uh, this late this season, um, it makes you feel good, right? I, I was trying to think before I looked it up or Googled it or anything like that. I was trying to remember the last time I can remember the Mariners being like AL West owners of first place this late in the season, just personally. Right. And I couldn't really do it. Right. I couldn't really think about it unless it was, you know, 2001. I couldn't really think about it unless I needed to Google it. Right. And like this feeling right now of where we're at, um, I think all of Mariner nation is just, you know, I think we're at, a, we're at such a good point right now. Hopefully the good vibes and good times continue to roll, but um, this is an exciting time, Rick. When was the last time you can remember? Do you, do you even remember the last time the Mariners were at this list? Where were they at? Or they're at right now? Do you remember at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was 2003, Bo. Do Don't you, you know? do you feel it? Did you, ref- did you feel it on the inside? Did you remember when you felt it? Uh, in the last, whatever, 20 years as a Mariners fan. I think this is the most excited I've been. I can't remember a feeling like this before. I mean, I've been to a bunch of series, um, season ending series at T-Mobile, um, you know, where the Mariners have a chance to get in. And then like one season, the A's won. Like, yeah, cool. Mariners aren't making the postseason. And then obviously last season when me and you went to the Detroit series, which was one of the last series of the season, the Mariners and just the feeling in the ballpark was electric, even though, you know, it already made the playoffs, but like, this is, I don't know that this tops that, you know, there it's been since 2003 that the Mariners been in first place of the AL West. And like you said earlier, I don't, I don't think it's sunk in quite yet. It really hasn't. Cause I don't know. I, I, I only think this team can go up. There's, there's no signs of regression right now. And I'm probably going to be eating my words in the next 30 games, but I just, you know, who, who better than the Mariners? Who better than the Mariners right now? I agree with you. Maybe I won't say there are no signs of regression. I don't think I'm that bold. I don't think, I don't think I'm that bold of a man. I I don't think you're a bold. I think you're a bolder man than I am. But I know. I'll just say, I'll just say, I'll let you enjoy it right now. I'm enjoying it. I hope everybody else is too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, just to kind of touch up on this last Sunday game, um, Teo and Julio both had home runs. Um, Julio picked up two RBIs, so he's got 84 RBIs on the season. Ty France not only was hit by a pitch, but grounded into a double play. So we're getting a twofer on this game from Ty France. One for three with runners in scoring position, four left on base. Josh Rojas um, had his 10th stolen base of the season. And then to close out this game, do we want to talk about Dominic Calzone's catch that might be the um, best catch of the season for the Mariners? It was, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't realize how lengthy that guy was and how like, you know, extendable it seemed like his arms were, but it was, uh, it was a heck of a catch. Yeah. He, he, he turned into Mr. Fantastic. It seemed like, <laughs> you know, he, he did, but, uh, uh Best catch this season for the Mariners, bar none. But I love when he did when he got up because he kind of took a breath there. He could I don't know if he knocked the wind out of himself or what was just thinking like, holy crap, I did it. But then he stood up, looked into center field, flashed the J-Rod X, the no-fly zone, to the crowd. Um, there was a lot of crowd participation in Sunday's game. I, I 
getting I don't into know it. how you getting were into it, man. Were you listening or watching the broadcast all on Sunday? Uh, I know I had to catch up later. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it was brought up on the radio broadcast, I think by Gary Hill, cause he was kind of watching the crowd and when Julio hit his home run. I mean, obviously, you know, Canzone had some interaction, but Julio hits his home run. He gets the trident. He walks out up onto the steps, turns around and holds the trident up for the rest of the crowd to see. And the crowd all lifted their arms up too, like they had the trident. <laughs> like, like this is playoff atmosphere. This is a this is why T-Mobile was the electric factory last year. This is why T-Mobile this year is the electric factory. The fans are into it. The team's into it. I mean, just keep it up, please. I can't do. Mariner's failure right now. I'm riding too high right now. <laughs> uh, All right, your prayer, your prayer, your prayer has been sent to I, I don't know who Dave Niehaus. Uh, Dave Dave Niehaus. Oh. There you go. So hopefully, oh. hopefully it'll be accepted tonight. There you go. There we go. Uh, <clears throat> this week, we, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we got the Athletics in town, and should be a sweep. I don't think we can expect anything less. The Athletics have not won one ball game against the Mariners this season. So why uh, why not keep up that trend? Of course, I really don't want to be throwing a jinx on the Mariners. So, um, yeah. But Monday's pitching matchup, Bo. Brian Wu versus Kyle Moeller. Tuesday's pitching matchup, George Kirby versus Ken Waldachuk. Wednesday, Bryce Miller versus Zach Neal. I mean... We're the heavy favorites in these games, right? Uh, super heavy favorites. Um, playing at home, right? Um, Got to be the heavy favorites. And um, I think it's just worth noting, right? Um, uh, we will be turning the calendar after the after this series. Um, at that point, we start a pretty tough road trip. Right. So we go to uh, we go to the Mets, then we go to the Reds and then we go to the Rays. Right. Um, so that's the road trip. Um, so if you can if you can bank on a sweep here, um, you know, you've got a pretty tough road trip ahead of you where you're going to want to keep the pressure on Texas and keep the pressure on Houston. So like a sweep right now, um, certainly, certainly the most desirable. That's the, that's the, the best outcome you could hope for. So um, we'll hope that continues. Yep. Yep. I think it will. I think it will, Bill. What uh, pitching matchup are you looking forward to? You know, I'm kind of hoping that George Kirby, I feel like we've got a really good solid start out of Luis lately. We've got a really solid start out of Logan lately, and George has kind of been, you know, he's had some good starts here and there, um, but I'm kind of hoping George can kind of put it together, I think, in this start, I think, upcoming. Is the guy. So that's the one I'm watching. Watch as Kirby versus Waldachuk on the Tuesday for this game. Yep. I'm kind of interested in Wednesday's game. I, I'm kind of hoping Bryce Miller can throw up some double-digit strikeouts uh, against Oakland again. So Oakland's got the – or uh, Bryce Miller's the game I'm watching. So, All right, Bo, it is time to check in on another prospect in this week's Prospect Corner. Bo, take it away. Sure thing. Yeah, it's going to be just going to be a quick check in today. And today we're checking in with uh, Tyler Locklear, who um, <clears throat> you know came back from injury um, uh, earlier in the month. Um, and you know, he went on a little bit of a rehab assignment, um, but then ended up going back to Everett. 
Um, and then he was, um, he was rewarded uh, with that, um, with that, with going directly to Arkansas. So Tyler Locklear has now made the jump to, um, to Arkansas. Um, again, all coming back from, you know, his hand injury earlier on in the year, right. That started, um, but he was, he was out since the, um, since June came back in August and was able to kind of make the bump eventually up to our double A Arkansas. So, I think to kind of cap his season right, 305, 422, 549 in Everett, um, coupled with 12 home runs. Um, you know, moving, making the jump, I think, from Everett to Arkansas is a massive, massive deal because I think, you know, as many, plenty of our guys have shown, right, once you get to Arkansas, kind of, I don't want to say all bets are off, right, but you're you're pretty close, right? Like Arkansas is what a lot of people think AAA is in a way, right, especially for the Mariners, so um, Tyler Locklear is getting close and, um, you know, the Mariners uh, did make a move for him, right? He was playing a lot of third base. He did make this transition to first base. So might give you an idea of kind of what maybe some of the Mariners thoughts are, but he does play a pretty good first base, um, hits the ball really hard. Um, he, he profiles well. I think he was, um, in the Mariners update from baseball America, he was number four out of 30. Um, so got a lot of power with him. Um, got a six foot three, big tall guy. Um, and he's going to be, you know, the rest of the season in Arkansas. And then I think the next season, I think starting off in Arkansas and, um, you know, if you talk about, um, you know, don't want to speak it into existence. Right. But if Ty France, you know, has an injury here or there or somewhere in there, um, or I don't know, needs time off for whatever reason, Tyler Locklear might be a guy that get a call pretty soon. So, um, but you could probably say maybe a first baseman of the future. I think that's fair to say with what Tyler Locklear, that's kind of the plan with him, but, uh, yeah, he's he's making the way up there. So don't be surprised if you see him at least next year sometime. Interesting. I know I know I've uh, seen him a few times. Like you said, Baseball America's mid-season top 30. I've seen him there. I've seen him kind of all over the Mariners top 25 in in last season or two. So really excited to see what uh Locklear brings to the table in the future. So well, they just showed this on the on the uh broadcast. So I before we get out of here, have a trivia question for you. Are you ready for said trivia question? Yes, yes, I am. Okay. So Julio, um, it was announced over the weekend, you know, he hit his 50th home run, career home run. Um, you know, shortest time in a Mariners uniform to get that 50th career home run. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> Another thing that I think was less mentioned was in all of the MLB, fewest games to reach 50 home runs and 60 stolen bases. You know, we're always trying to get that elusive 30-30 home run stolen base season, the 40-40 ever so elusive 40-40 home run stolen base season. But the Mar- but Julio is now the quickest two 50 home runs, 60 stolen bases. He did it in 250 six games okay can you tell me the other four players so basically the top five of that list you can't that's four player okay i'll go uh ronald acuna jr wrong oh (laughs) Uh, okay I'll, i'll i'll give you a hint here and there one of these players is the most hated player opposing alex rodriguez no 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 no, no, not him. Most hated current opposing player to come to Seattle every time he comes to Seattle. 
Uh, not Jose LTV. <laughs> so that's uh, that's what I was just about to say. What is this? What is this? What are these? What are these? What are these tips and tricks here you're trying to give me here? Um, not Carlos Correa. Not Carlos Correa either. Um, not Ronald Acuna Jr. Not Bobby no. Witt, Bobby Wood Jr. Nope. I don't uh, think he's to 50 home runs yet. Bobby Wood Jr. is not to 50 home runs. Uh, I'm drawing a blank. Um. Um, I I'm I'm drawing a blank. The fish. Thinking. The fish. I don't know what you're talking about. Mike Trout. Oh, he was number Mike three Trout. on the list. 266 games. Uh, my favorite player of all time. One of my favorite players. I don't know. B- Barry Bonds. Bingo. Since you're just failing at this, but I'll give it to you. Okay. Okay. Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts is not on the list. Barry Bonds was fifth, 296 games. Bobby Bonds was fourth, Ah. 286 games. Mike Trout was third, 266 games. And the person that Julio overtook for first was Eric Davis, 258 games. So Mm. Julio did it two games quicker. So, man, I should have saved that one for... For trivia time, when we come back with a bonus trivia, it's not episode. a Mariner. It's not a Mariner. It's not a Mariner esque trivia question. Right. So I would have I still used it. I'm sure you would have because you like to cheat. So oh oh right yeah right. cheat heavy exclamation or quotations <laughs> on that exclamation points on that. Jeez, mm-hmm. you can tell where my mind's at. <laughs> Anyways, Bo, let's get out of here. Um, you got anything else? That's it. That's it here? for me. Yep. For all our listeners in the Puget Sound, Pacific, Northwest, and beyond, thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forks Down Podcast. For Bo Chisholm, I'm Rick Clark, and we'll see you guys on Friday, for sure this week. <laughs>